0: you know what? You're right. We got this. How tis the season, my friend. We made it. We made it. We made it to the holiday season after a year of a, a year two of whatever it is we're dealing with. Whatever it is everybody's dealing with. We made it this far. Yeah. And now we get to treat ourselves with some holiday movies.
1: I'm so excited. And we have a great guest with us who is a fellow Max Fun host, one of the hosts of Maximum Film. He is a film critic and has also authored books, including Have Yourself a Movie Little Christmas and the now available to you fresh off the presses in 2021. I'll be home for Christmas movies. Alonzo Duraldi. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me guys.
0: This is so exciting.
1: <laughs> this is a pleasure. I love th- th- now there's a list. <laughs> I want to, t- I want to talk a little bit. I mean, you're a film critic, so you know your stuff. We are mm-hmm. two morons who talk about movies all
2: the time. Uh, hey, your take on the body switch movies. I just listened to that episode today. <laughs> yes. Very cogent. Very, you know. Oh, like oh thanks. So we're very Oh, honest. my goodness.
1: That's like our good housekeeping stamp of approval. <laughs> oh, I right know. This is
2: amazing. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as enamored with Vince Vaughn as you guys are, but, you know, you can not have everything. Sure. That's fair.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, I just watched Four Christmases again, so I may never Ooh. break that spell. Yeah. Ask
0: Reese about Vince <laughs> exactly. and how she feels about him. <laughs>
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you've written books about this, and we're going to be talking about general holiday tropes, but also a specific subset in Hallmark. Yes. What is it about the Christmas or holiday movie that lends itself so readily to all these different tropes?
2: Well, you know, I think that the thing about, I mean, Christmas media, but really Christmas almost everything, it's about – enjoying the things you've already enjoyed you know like it's the one time of year that you will bring out the certain decorations you will mm-hmm. bring out the albums that you don't listen to the rest of the year suddenly Andy Williams is on FM radio you know there is a comfort in nostalgia and in familiarity so I think that mm-hmm. when it comes to looking for tropes in movies holiday movies and especially Hallmark holiday movies where they just want you to have the exact same experience every time with only the details being changed it's a feature not a bug it's, it's <laughs> the idea that like I, I know exactly what I'm getting into because it's Christmas, and I want to know exactly what I'm getting into, yeah, because otherwise it's just going to be you know watching white Christmas for the forty third time not that there's anything wrong with that either, sure,
0: to be fair, you can watch several Hallmark movies in a row, and it is like watching the same holiday movie for a forty third time quite often
2: i have said that it is ideal nursing home television because you can nod off during one (laughs) wake up during the next one and you still have a pretty good idea of what's happening and what's about to happen on that (laughs) note
0: it was the you can guess what's going to happen not the nursing home of it (laughs) because she is not nearly there yet has many many more decades ahead of her but my sainted mother Mm -hmm. in February of 2018, sent me an email because I said, I bet you know these movies so well you could write one. I don't know if I ever shared this with you, Hal. My mom sent me an email about what she views as the structure of a Hallmark movie. (laughs) And if I may, I will run through this as quickly as I can. And I think it is kind of dead on for a lot of things. Some of the tropes that she mentions, in this might actually be on our list. But if you will indulge me a moment, this is from my mother. Hey, Marky. That's what she calls me. Just finished watching the latest Hallmark beginning. Get to know the main characters separately. Both are too busy with careers to date. 12 minutes in, characters meet, clash. 30 minutes, they start to admire things about each other. 40 minutes, man starts to become more likable. She notices. 45 minutes, truce, they decide they make a good team. 55 minutes, they learn about each other's history and childhood. 60 minutes, they give each other, quote, the look. They get together for dinner, both claiming it is not a date. At an hour 10, they get dinner together and learn more about each other. At an hour 20, a musical segment that shows them separately doing their thing in montages. (laughs) an hour 30, he gets a big break requiring him to leave town. This is where some kind of conflict happens. an hour 44, they admit to their friends that they have feelings for the other person. At an hour 56, everything starts to work out. They realize their feelings. At an hour 59, kiss. The end. And then a bunch of emojis that is my mom's breakdown of a Hallmark movie and it is brilliant I think
2: your mom could teach a seminar uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have heard writers of these movies There, there is a definite nine act structure in place nine acts, nine acts because Holy. of the commercial breaks oh yeah and uh, and, and one of the definites is that, that thing where he has to leave town or she has to leave town or yeah. they yeah. The, one of them thinks the other one is betrayed blah 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 that is known as the all is lost moment that's the oh. thing I've learned over the years but it can't be so bad That the audience won't buy them eventually working out and getting back together. It's generally something either kind of frivolous or a a misunderstanding that's easily papered over. It's not like a horrible, horrible betrayal or something.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My God, I've got to go stop a serial killer. Wait, what?
2: (laughs) This took a turn. That's that's on movies and mysteries. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't (laughs)
1: Christmas necessarily. I mean, it's not Christmas at all. I don't even think they have a Christmas episode. Mm -hmm. Have either of you watched
2: the Netflix series Virgin River? No, uh, no, but a lot of people I know who love Hallmark also love Virgin River. It is. Yes. Netflix oh. has started a
1: whole branch of programming aimed towards that Hallmark lifetime sort of family feel good, family focused content. And mm-hmm. this is a television show where it feels like they in 45 minutes do an entire Hallmark movie every episode. <laughs> and so um, there are so many hanging chads that I watched the episode and <laughs> I was like, didn't that woman bury a body by the river? And now she's <laughs> hosting a baking contest, and it's all cool. We're not going to go back to that at all. Like <laughs> we've skipped over these. It was sort of like when I used to watch The Sopranos, and they did that thing where the the next season would start like fifty years after the one before. And you're like, oh, I really would have loved to see that followed. No, we're not going to touch that. We're just passing yeah. it. Great. All right, let's keep jogging. So
2: two lines of dialogue, and we're go. We're bam out of here.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But there is that, like, definite, like, look at that, I'm like, I know the structure of these. And anything mm-hmm. Christmas, I will watch. Oh, yeah. I, everything about that structure, I'm like, that sounds, yeah, that's like a warm jacket that yeah. you just put on that feels perfect every time. And I do,
0: I love what you said before that it is, it is what is familiar. You bring out things that you don't indulge in the rest of the year, whether those things are just having a bowl of candy at all times or eggnog. Yeah. Eggnog. Like what? (laughs) We're allowed to just drink this liquid, like this melted milkshake. Okay. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah, exactly. I I think that's really what kind of plugs into all of this and and brings that comfort. And, you know, I I used to think of myself as the weirdo who never really stopped watching this stuff for the rest of the year. Like, after writing, have yourself a, a movie Little Christmas, where I, you know, because of work had to be watching, you know, all these Christmas Carol adaptations in August, then it was like, oh, well, why don't I just do this as a matter of course but now you have like both hallmark channels show a christmas movie every week all year round uh sirius xm leaves the holiday traditions channel up
0: all year round you know it is permanently programmed into my car nice it's the uh is the holiday traditions channel they've just released i texted hal the other day when they dropped yes. them they dropped 14 holiday channels this year
2: uh huh. No, I'm, that, that's always a, that's a great, it's a great day for me just yeah. because mm-hmm. I feel, I feel less alone and less psychotic yeah. for, you know, like listening stuff. But like, I, clearly it's not just for me. Like no. I can't be the only person they're programming this stuff for. There are other weirdos out there who like need their Christmas 24 seven, 365. Yeah. I get it. You know what I get excited for with the serious thing? Cause I can have holiday
0: traditions anytime I want. Sure. I just flip it over. Now it's on the streaming side, and it's not necessarily on the satellite side. So you kind of go, gotta go through the app to do it, but you get it year round. But Holly, oh, <laughs> oh, that's good. Holly, that's the that's when you get Britney Spears and Justin Bieber's <laughs> versions of Christmas songs. <laughs> now, when Holly, Holly drops every year. Boom,
2: I'm in. Holly, Holly or Jolly? Because it's a, it's a tough pick for me sometimes. Which one's yeah. Jolly? Jolly is just like upbeat. I think, is, is sort of the that's oh. the, the generic descriptor, you know. But, yeah, there's like 70s and 80s and there's rock and there's, there's acoustic, a new jazz and, one. Yeah. Jazz and oh, country. And, you know, there's a French language win this year. That's new. So oh, oh, you I know, check that out. I'm going to work out my Francophone Noel carols. You a Quebecois Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why that familiarity when I see a new film. So last year, no, 2019. When Noel was released at the mm-hmm. at the rollout of Disney Plus, the yes, movie, yes,
2: TV. yes, N O E L L E, yes,
1: yes, I love that movie, and yeah. now it's every year I have to watch it again because <laughs> number one, it's got a great cast, it's super charming, but also everything in it is so familiar, and it's yeah. just enough of like, let's see what their take on it is, like a, <laughs> like a song that that is. You know, like uh, satisfaction is a great song by the Rolling Stones. Then Devo comes along <laughs> and they do the definitive version of it. And you're like, Oh, I, it's everything I love about satisfaction, but even better. So every, <laughs> every new version of one of these tropes rolling out is an opportunity for Devo's satisfaction.
2: That's it, fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah. where is the Devo Christmas album? I ask you. Yeah. How, why are they leaving that money on the table? I don't know. Yeah. How else
0: are on. you going to get those eight reindeer off the roof rather than to
2: whip it? <laughs> oh, no.
1: And I slow retired. clap. And, yeah. oh, and good, goodbye forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some tropes. Do you guys want to start with the specifically Hallmark ones and then broaden it out, or do you want to start broad and then narrow it into the Hallmark ones?
2: Oh, it's your show, guys. You tell me. <laughs> Mark, what do you want to do? Let's uh, let's start with we you know we've
0: been talking about Hallmark. Let's start with the some of the specifically Hallmark ones that are on this list. Sure, And some of the ones that we have two lists in front of us. One, we, we've we spent the week sort of having fun throwing these two lists together. Hallmark and not just Hallmark, but, you yeah. know, Lifetime and others essentially as well. And then one list that is just general holiday movie tropes. But let's start with the specifically Hallmark ones. And we got like a we got about a dozen of these on this list. And there are some great ones. I don't know that we need to just read them off. We can also just we can just start going through some of our favorites on this and throwing them out there. I will start with my favorite of these tropes. And when we actually mentioned the, this episode that we were going to do this, this was the first one that popped into my mind is the old man in town <laughs> named <laughs> Nick or Chris, who may or may not be Santa, who at some point like gives a wink either to the main character as like a ding. Chimes <laughs> like at the exact moment of a song or like right before or after something magical happens. Old man Nick, who runs the uh the local garage or the local carpentry shop, that is my favorite, and it's always just a nice old Canadian theater actor.
2: Yeah. What's what's crazy in these movies is that they'll do that trope and then the leads will see that he is in fact Santa. Like they will see <laughs> the sleigh fly away, they'll they'll yeah. see something, and they'll be like, huh. And they'll just sort of get on with it, like, like guys, you just realize Santa is real. This is stop the presses, you yeah. know. Like, and you yeah. know him, yeah. No, they just go back to smooching, and it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, they're just like, they could not be less interested. I also love that there's no real like he's
1: Clark Kent. 363 days a year but he doesn't he's just like all of a sudden is Santa. he's not like I've got to go take a dump and then all of a sudden you see the sleigh take yeah. off from behind a building a couple blocks away he's just like well I'll see you by the way I was Santa
2: the whole time <laughs> wink
0: oh yeah and he's always given good
2: advice yeah for sure yeah, there, yeah. No, there, there's there was there's one one i think it's christmas at pemberley manor where they talk about how like this guy <laughs> he seems like it's 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 a cross between uh santa and dr phil because he's got a, a southern accent <laughs> and he's meddling in everyone's affairs
0: <laughs> oh yeah so that's that's my that was my number one uh
2: what are your favorites uh, one that I liked a lot was, uh, you left for the big city and I didn't. Um, yeah. which is the high school sweethearts that, you know, are, are going to finally work it out. But th- mm-hmm. there is. They take this so far at Hallmark. There are even moments, uh, there are movies where, do you remember in that last Twilight movie where werewolf boy like sees the baby and they fixate on each other and they know that they're like meant to be together once she comes of age, which is a really weird thing from the book they somehow <laughs> decided to keep. Um. There are these things where, like, you know, the, this this couple they meet and they go through the all the usual the dance of hallmark stuff, and then at the very end they realize, oh man, we met when we were ten, you know, and we kind of flirted, and then we never <laughs> saw each other again until now. It's like this. There's this. There's a predestination at work here that would put like you know John Calvin to shame, you know. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely the like you should go back and and rehook up with your high school boyfriend who you left behind when you went up to law school, which turned you into a terrible person, but he's here waiting for you. Maybe he's uh, widowed with a child and, you yeah. know, Maybe, but yeah, that is, they oh love that God.
0: so much. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many of these tropes are. This one, I think benefits from being a full plot trope. Mm. Yes. This is like the, the old man. Nick is like a fun little detail trope. This right. is like a whole, you can base the entire movie on this plot. And I would argue that one of the best Hallmark Christmas movies ever made is neither a Christmas movie nor a Hallmark movie. It's Always Be My Maybe with Ali Wong and uh, Randall Park.
2: Yeah. That
0: is, I think, the best version of the you left and I stayed back uh, movie.
2: A a case could be made for sure. I mean, here's the thing. I think with a Hallmark Christmas movie, that it's about... A half to two thirds of a plot, and then the other part is they have to work together to save the community center or they have to like they have to put on the fundraiser so the bookstore doesn't get demolished and turn into a parking yeah. lot or they like they they there there is a required activity that they are forced to work together on begrudgingly at first, but by the end yeah. of it of course you know like as your mom noticed they noticed each other you know exactly yeah, and that real that's another one of those plot
0: tropes that's actually on the list is yes,
1: that's on um, that's actually- Actually, one that I have is the developer who want to shut down the shop slash lodge. <laughs> there is some, like, group of developers that are like, you know what? Moose fart Vermont needs a giant parking lot. <laughs> like, this area where you could count the population on your fingers and toes yeah. needs a high rise or a lodge or something that's going to somehow cause people to fly. I mean, it's like Yellowstone sort of uses that. Yellowstone, on the t- television show Yellowstone, people are always mm-hmm. trying to develop Kevin Costner's land for yeah. a
2: variety of reasons, and that show is Hallmark for dudes in a <laughs> and lot of ways. Yeah. Yes,
1: it is Hallmark for dudes. It's like just a bunch of scrotums and cowboy hats walking around, <laughs> firing guns <laughs> at each other, and, and staring each other down. At least that area, like Montana, there are giant area like that's stuff that's sort of happening there. There's a a battle between indigenous people and these ranchers. But sure. every Hallmark movie is like the smallest town in America. <laughs> Where some slick back hair (laughs) business guy who's always on his cell phone has huge plans. Like this is the guy yeah. who's opened nine restaurants that all closed within a week. of opening. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> Bain Capital is the villain in every Hallmark movie.
2: <laughs> I have, I have a theory about the appeal of these films that goes beyond just the sort of the, the tree lighting and the cookie cuttering and all the, all the sort of Christmassy stuff. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of things that these movies capture for people. One is you never see a chain, anything in these movies. It's always a local coffee shop, yeah. and a local bookstore and a local, hardware store nobody goes to walmart it's always this very kind of like mom and pop thing and i think people really miss that because in yeah. so much of america like that's just gone like you yeah. cannot find that stuff you know and so i think the fact that they centered in these films not just as a place where people go and have conversations but as the plot of like we have to make sure that mm-hmm. this doesn't get taken away like i think that is really appealing and then do you guys see a book that came out about It's like it just had like an anniversary edition, like 10th or 20th called Bowling Alone. No, No. it's this this sociologist did a book about how like apparently right. the, The title comes from the fact that in America right now, more people bowl than ever before. But they generally bowl by themselves, whereas in like the 50s and 60s, which is sort of the apex of American, you know, kind of involved, you know, community involvement, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, people belong to leagues and they belong to clubs and they belong, they were active in their PTA or their church and like, you know, people used to be joiners in this country in a way that they aren't anymore. We all stay home and watch TV, we're all on the internet and nobody goes to the meeting of the whatever society and in these movies there's always the whatever society because they're the ones putting on the Christmas pageant or they're the ones who are like, you know, getting the scouts together to do the thing with the tree (laughs) and the, like And so, again, I think these movies are really pushing buttons of like this notion of things that we know that America used to kind of do pretty well and doesn't do anymore. And we at the holidays, especially we wish they were there for us. I wonder if that's
0: why not many of them take place in a city that they actually kind of have to take place in a small town because the community itself becomes a character.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, again, this is a network owned by a greeting card company. So they want, these <laughs> yeah. are, these movies are the equivalent of the card that you get that has a beautiful pastoral scene on it. And yeah. that is, you never get a card that has a snow scraper, uh, sorry, a skyscraper with snow on it. You know, you yeah. get a card that has like a, a, an alpine village or a horse and carriage or that dang red pickup truck with the tree in <laughs> back, which somehow became the shorthand for Christmas for everybody. Yeah. And so that's what these the movies are the Thomas Kincaid of it all. Absolutely. Yeah. So these yeah. movies are just trying to capture that feel. It's they are they are two hour greeting cards. It's weird they haven't made
1: a series of movies with Maxine where she just burns down, Christmas <laughs> <and> <laughs> stares at the camera for an hour.
2: Look, we yeah. got one. We got one Ziggy Christmas special, and that was it. Yeah. You know, but I think there's a lot of untapped uh, potential here. <laughs> How come Yeah, how come we don't get
1: uh, a very shoebox greetings Christmas, a <laughs> tiny little division of Hallmark movies? <laughs> at some point, they decided that a Charlie Brown Christmas was enough anxiety for yeah. one. All <laughs> these seasons are like, nope, Ziggy's too much. We already oh have a bunch God. of meaty kids that oh. are also bald. Most Exactly. Of
0: yeah. I think of Ziggy. I just think of like, he's just the Zoloft ball looking at a rainbow all the time. <laughs> Isn't that what Ziggy
2: is? No, Ziggy, like, can't catch a break. That's, you know, that that's his whole shtick. But no, I think there should be a Shoebox Greetings channel that's like the smaller, edgier movies of the whole Yeah. (laughs) There is another trope that's not, we we mentioned, that's not
0: really on this list. And it's more of a, we actually use it a lot in improv shows, which is the event at the end. The climax event. There is something that the community is doing. You mentioned, like, the pageant. Or in the case of Christmas in Dollywood, it was the big gala and... We sure hope that the Christmas tree will light. There's (laughs) always, you know what I mean? There's always some sort of event that one of the lead characters has the potential to triumph at or screw up at.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, I think that speaks to the notion of like, if you are not involved, if you you don't have a tight-knit community and you are not a member of like clubs or things, you don't necessarily have these big Christmas events to look forward to. Yeah. And one of the smart things about this network, for the most part, there are movies that are exceptions, but they really don't ever get too political or too religious, which is Mm -hmm. very shrewd and served them very well for a long time. And yeah, that's been changing a little bit, but that's a whole other podcast anyway. uh, So I, I think that the idea that. You know, it, it can't necessarily just be like, "Well, we're all going to go to mass." You know, there has to be something else yeah. on Christmas that everybody's looking forward to, that everybody's going to gather for the, you know, oh, the fe- the carnival, the festival, the, you know, we're going to light the gazebo on fire, whatever it is, yeah. you know, <laughs> and and it, it is that thing of like, oh, yes, I want that is, movie? This is what communities do at the holidays, you know. <laughs> yeah
0: all right what other what do you what do you got Hal, for a trope from a hallmark movie that you love
2: i do love the character
1: that's usually one of the leads where everything has to be perfect like it is in christmas movies oh. which is like the the person who is maybe two degrees of separation from patrick bateman They've, they've <laughs> created this like i'd like to uh puff out my beard <laughs> it's the cozy patrick Bateman. <laughs> yeah it's the cozy patrick bateman and and they almost always have to experience a rude awakening Like somebody has Mm -hmm. to wake them up from it, but then they generally tend to be right anyway. And it does, they turn out that it wouldn't be a Hallmark if they didn't get their storybook ending. In some way, they're yeah. not proven right in their psychosis.
2: No, these movies have the tropes have become such a thing that the films are sort of like a themselves. Like yeah. there was a movie mm-hmm. a couple of years ago called "A Christmas Movie Christmas," where the two lead characters actually like Ugh. wake up and they're in a Christmas movie, and suddenly, like the two the two actresses are, are Latina, but they suddenly have this like white grandmother <laughs> who's making them reindeer <laughs> walkers every. <day. laughs> and like the whole town is like a, it's like being inside of a snow globe and no one oh. seems to have an actual job except for like the guy who runs the bakery and and it's it's very arch in a way in terms of like you know what these are about we know what these are about and so what if somebody from the real world stumbled into one of these and had to make it work and got stuck putting on the benefit show or whatever you know it's <laughs> it's it's a fun idea
0: <laughs> i love that I, and it, You know what? There's a difference, too. I think you've got some movies where that person who wants everything to be perfect is the main character, and then they get their perfect Christmas by the end. But you've also got some movies where that character is not the main character. If, if in the case of many of the Hallmark movies, it's career woman comes back to her hometown, it's usually one of that character's parents.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that is mm-hmm. like,
0: wants Christmas to be perfect, and that's their sort of B-plot arc is... They meet somebody that makes their life a little messier or something, you know, as ev- evidenced by the slight bit of flour that's dusted across their nose in the baking scene. <laughs> yeah, flour.
2: Or they have a meltdown yeah. <laughs> and everybody has to sort of apologize. And then like, yeah. Yeah, she relaxes, but everybody else tries harder to make it good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the starched plaid apron. That's usually your tip off.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's so yeah. good. Oh, the visual clues they're there all along. All right. What else is jumping
2: out at us from this Hallmark list? Uh, dead relatives are a big thing. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> not, you, you thought it was just Disney cartoons, but no, the, the Hallmark movies, like almost every heroine or hero, every character has like, Oh, you know, I, I every Christmas comes around. I just think about mom and how she made everything mm-hmm. perfect, yeah. you know, and, and that can vary. Like I'll tell you, one of my very favorite Hallmark movies from a couple of years ago, this film called Two Turtle Doves, that is genuinely about grief and about how the holidays can be bittersweet. Because Because of the nostalgia and because of the repetition and and, and so now you're doing those things but grandma's not there anymore you know and they have real conversations about it including one with like a little girl who talks about how like she doesn't want to talk about like her mom who passed because she thinks her dad is always happy at christmas time and he's of course torn up inside but he's like trying to put on a good christmas for her so it's the first time they kind of acknowledge to each other that they're trying to get each other through the holidays like oh this is this is like legit drama. This is really well done, but that's the exception. I think the rule is it's a just, a, it's kind of a cheap sentimental yeah. thing of like. Oh, you know, I'm sad when I pull this ornament out and then we'll not talk about it.
0: Well, yeah, it's 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 usually just a monologue in the middle when they're yeah. getting to know each and that in that getting to know each other section. Yeah. Either the at the dinner get a or the speech yeah. about, yeah. oh, you
2: know, your mom. Was, uh, She'd she be so made, proud of you. Yeah, exactly. She made yeah. it every day like Christmas. And <laughs> now nah, just you're so much like her. And, well, you know, the, yeah, but it's it is very much a trope. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's all
0: fine.
1: Merry Christmas. <laughs>
0: I'm going to throw out the I don't know what it is about a Hallmark movie and that last moment. But meteorologists just need to base their predictions on when people are kissing because that's (laughs) when the snow starts falling.
1: Isn't that sometimes tied in with we haven't had a white Christmas, like it's not going to snow this Christmas (laughs) after all. And then their exchange of saliva creates some sort of a weather. Somehow it does it. Yeah,
2: it does. Although the thing to remember about Hallmark movies is that, and they might be getting away from that a little bit, but I don't think so. There's always snow on the ground. Always, always, always snow on the ground. Even if no one ever looks cold, if you never see anybody's (laughs) breath, they're standing on the patio in like, sleeves you know there is snow on the ground (laughs) but yes sometimes there's definitely a pop point like oh we haven't had snow on christmas eve since mom died and then yeah Yeah. then they make why don't you just pick up the snow that's already here on the ground (laughs) exactly yeah 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 but you know again greeting card you gotta have that snow you know no snow christmas that's for lifetime (laughs) oh my god yeah, that's for your know, lifetime Christmas, poor Christmas lifetime Arizona or whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. You know, nobody thinks about
0: nobody thinks Christmas movies and goes, oh, I love the lifetime ones. You know, they are fine.
2: I I, I, will, I will make the case that like Hallmark movies are more consistent a, across the mm-hmm. board. Mm-hmm. But like the very best lifetime movies, I think, are often better than the sure. best hallmark movies although the very worst lifetime movies are far worse than the worst sure
0: movie. was 12 dates of christmas i think that was a lifetime movie wasn't it
2: uh that's uh that was the abc family i think or that was abc family the the I, that, uh, Mark Paul Gosler. Mark Paul Gossler, Mark Paul Gossler and, Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That was ABC Family. It's yeah, it's Christmas Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Day. Oh Great yeah,
2: well, You know what? Not on our list, but uh, the definite trope is the Christmas blank. Like there are. Oh uh, yeah. Movies. There, there's, there's, uh, there's one with Alicia Witt called "I'm Not Ready for Christmas." That is Christmas liar, liar. Um, <laughs> there are two Hallmark Christmas Family Mans, although one's a backwards Family Man. Uh-huh. Uh, there's one where Lacey Chabert is high-powered career gal, and then like wakes up one morning next to her college sweetheart and they've got kids and she can't bake cookies um no oh, christmas sliding doors uh, basically you know it, no, but it, no it's family man you know but oh, but without man. Nick, but at yeah. least instead of Nicolas nicholas cage and then there's a reverse where nikki deloach is devoted housewife who wakes up one morning and, and she is like big high power business lady now but she's alone and where's her oh, husband you know <sighs> so yeah the the they they any you know groundhog day i think has turned into quite a few of them the, the, these are mm-hmm. some very like oh we'll just do that and we'll just say christmas every other page and we're <laughs> By the way,
1: all those plots you just mentioned sound like the list of cons that they needed in in Oceans Eleven to pull it off. <laughs> you're a reverse family man, a boasty. <laughs> oh my
0: god. We need two Christmas lions. We're gonna lies. do a Christmas Christmas groundhog day. Uh you're you're get the uniform
2: for it. <laughs> I'm waiting for a Christmas Jean Dielman, but you know, I never get what I want. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: What else from the Hallmark list do we like?
1: I mean, th- the precocious kid, I like. It also feels like that could be almost any hallmark, like it's yeah part of a family movie in general, although it definitely applies to Christmas. You have to have a mm-hmm. precocious kid.
0: Precocious kid that is the, the child of one of the leads. Sure. Much yes. like in like originated in, you know, with Natalie Wood back in the day, I think, unless there's one that's before that. But Natalie you know, Wood Miracle on 34th Street seems like the original.
2: That's that's a pretty uh, yeah. archetypal one. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it also is it's that appeal of like, you know, not only do you get dream man slash woman, but you also have built in child. And yeah, and, and it was not terrible. You know, Yeah, family, and, and,
0: all the family's already a thing.
2: Exactly. If it's a child of a prince, you know, so much the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that Hallmark was doing for a couple of years, or I think they, they did it so much, they, they're kind of backing off of it, But they had a thing where like woman who is a stockbroker or a lawyer or an author or a something, and she comes home and is immediately dragooned into planning a party. <laughs> Even though she has no experience or <laughs> qualification, suddenly she's got to find a caterer and she's got to get the yeah. choir to be the waiters. And she's got to like, you know, get the venue. And oh, no, there was a flood at the venue and the roof collapsed. So now we have to have it in the barn. You know, like that for yeah. some reason, party planning became this thing that was just thrust upon otherwise unsuspecting career women, you know, for the because they dared go home at Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and they have. And, well, it's because
0: they have city skills. You've got them city skills. Yeah. Use them here in our small town. (laughs) Surely you, as a city person, know the local caterer in our small town better than (laughs) any of these other people that we could ask.
2: You'll have wild ideas like an ugly sweater party. What?
0: This was. I added one on here that my mom. I told her about this episode. And she gave me some tropes. Uh, hers was like, "You have to have a gingerbread contest." There's always a there's always a craft contest. And yes, it's frequently gingerbread houses.
2: Yes, gingerbread houses are huge, mm. and then and the cookie baking montages. I have seen. Oh them yeah. Sh- i've seen them shoehorned in movies where they just make zero sense there's one where candace cameron bray is an hr person at a department store who has to plan a party like, sure um with and then Luke <laughs> is a fireman and when they go to the, the the hotel to check out the ballroom and stuff the woman who greets them there says great but first you have to bake and decorate these cookies like, oh
0: my god sorry what <laughs>
2: <laughs> the only way that that scene would not
0: be in one of these movies is if you made one of those Christmas version movies for castaway and somehow <laughs> they would still figure out how to get a cookie baking contest into Christmas castaway.
2: Oh yeah. make them out
1: of sand, you know, <laughs> yeah. or, or the FedEx boxes had an oven and a bunch of dough. <laughs> <laughs> oh my generator. gosh. I don't worry. I get the logic of it. Everybody. Sure. All right. All the, all the supplies are washed up ashore. All right, I think that
0: we've kind of exhausted our Hallmark list. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to broaden it out to some of the bigger tropes that we see in holiday movies writ large. But first, let's hear about some of the other great podcasts on the Maximum Fun Network and hear from some of the sponsors that make shows like ours possible.
1: The holidays are upon us Give yourself and your wallet a break. Enjoy simple, affordable meals delivered to your door and ready to go in just six simple steps with every plate. Meal planning can feel like one more item on an endless to do list. Every plate provides easy to follow recipe cards and pre portioned ingredients so you can spend less time prepping and cooking and more time enjoying good food with family or loved ones. Choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins veggies and sides to your liking recipes come together in about 30 minutes definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch i tried the smothered and stuffed meatloaves in addition to a few other things and let me tell you the prep time is simple they give you exactly what you need it tastes great and it's the perfect amount of food every single time I love having that extra time to either watch television or just relax after a long day. It makes me want to cook more because I know exactly how long it's gonna take. Try Everyplate for just a per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code we got this179. That's everyplate.com and code we got this179 to try every plate for 179 per meal.
2: Hello,
1: I'm
0: Pee Wee Herman. You might know me from TV, but I really want to be a DJ. It took some convincing, but KCRW finally agreed to give me an hour on the radio to play you some music with my friends. (laughs) Anyway, tune in for one hour of the bestest, most funnest time you'll ever have on the Pee-wee Herman Radio Hour. I am personally inviting you to tune your transistor radio in to hear me or go to kcrw.com. Duh. <laughs> It'll be available for the whole week from November 26th to December 3rd. So you can listen to it again and again and again and again and again. Ha 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 The Pee Wee Herman Radio Hour was produced by Maximum Fun and can be streamed on kcrw.com until December 3rd. All right, we took a break. We grabbed some popcorn and some fishing wire and a needle. We're going to thread this popcorn into a garland while we talk about other Christmas movie and holiday movie tropes. So now we're looking at just the larger, grander scheme of holiday movies, stepping aside from the Hallmark list. And, uh, let's talk about some tropes that appear in a lot of different other holiday movies. Any that jump out to you? My personal favorite is This is Your Alternate Life. Oh, a hundred percent.
2: Uh, which, you know, Charles Dickens invented it. Let's face sure. it. But it, it, it has, we've seen so many really successful permutations of it along the way. Um, I, I've long made the case that A Christmas Carol, It's a Wonderful Life and Home Alone are all essentially the same story. Mm-hmm. How is Home um, Alone? Because they're about people who are given a glimpse at another life that they might have had or might have been subjected to, which makes them appreciate the one they already have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Home Alone counts. I think he wishes to be by himself. He sees what that's actually like and then learns his lesson that his family matters. Yeah, that's. I never would have connected
0: them in that way because I guess I assumed the need of a some sort of uh, supernatural element to it.
2: Well, that kid's a little monster, so I think we'll count that. You know? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Clarence is from heaven. Kevin McAllister's from hell. We get it,
2: bingo. <laughs> uh, but you know, but but then you get like the Nicholas Cage version, Family, mm-hmm. in which we just talked about, where you know you wake up and oh no, if I take it, the road not taken, and now I'm in the suburbs and I'm selling yeah. tires and what happened? And ah, uh, um, you know, Twelve I, Dates of Christmas. Twelve Dates of Christmas. She gets sprayed in the mall and falls and hits her head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah underrated by the way. That's a really fun movie. Yeah. Uh, uh Melissa Joan Hart still making Christmas movies, but I think she's chasing the dragon of 12 Dates of Christmas. That that was that's her best work.
0: Um but yeah, so, I've never know. heard of that I've never heard chasing the dragon applied not to opium <laughs> but to holiday movies. <laughs> yeah, Potato potato. Sure.
2: Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I, I I think that there's something about there, – there's something kind of fundamental about Christmas that you see in, in movies in a lot of variations that kind of mm-hmm. boils down to like this year is going to be different. This year, yeah. like the argu- the family argument that we've been having for years, we're going to finally resolve it. Or the people who haven't spoken to each other in decades are going to put aside their petty differences and the spirit of the holiday season is going to bring them back together. So, you know, there is this idea of – I mean, back in the day, you know, it was thought that the, like the reason that Dickens wrote Christmas – Christmas Carols and Ghost Stories, it was thought that Christmas was the day in which the sort of dividing, uh, you know, mesh between the living and the dead was at its thinnest. You yeah. know, and so that's why, you know, the ghosts were able to emerge and stuff. But yeah, I, I think generally speaking, there is this idea of there's some magic thing about the holiday that brings out the best in people and that by bringing out the best in people, they're going to do something that changes their lives forever for the better.
0: Yeah. I think that Scrooge had the greatest version of that in that monologue at the end of the let's make our lives better. But I think that A Christmas Carol in general, that set the tone for it. you mentioned A Christmas Carol before. Uh, just quickly, sidebar question. Do you have a favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol?
2: I do. Uh, it's the 1970 musical Scrooge, uh, sure. starring Albert, Albert Finney. Finney. Yes. Yeah. Uh, written and with songs composed by the recently departed Leslie Brickus. It's great. It's a very kind of post Oliver musical. It's that same sort of like, sure. the streets of London are filled with dancing <laughs> cockneys, you know. Uh, but also, <laughs> yeah, that, I think like Finney is one of the very few actors who plays young Scrooge and old Scrooge. And mm-hmm. so well, he was you, only what in his mid thirties. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, he, he wasn't, it? he wasn't super old yet. So like they, They, they put on the latex room to be the old guy, but then in the flashbacks, he's like young, hot, you know, 1970 Albert Finney. And so, you know, it, it, I think it it hurts all the more to see him transform from that guy to the guy that he becomes, you know, and I think that's an added oomph that that other Scrooges don't have, but there are a lot of great ones, the George C. Scott one, the Alistair Sim, um, -hmm. You know, the, even like the, there was that whole spate of, you know, Scrooge is a ruthless career woman. There was a, we sure. got, there's a Susan Lucci one and a Cicely Tyson and <laughs> Vanessa Williams had a really good one. I remember the Vanessa Williams Divas one. Christmas cool one. Carol, where yeah. the ghost of Christmas yet to come is a VH one behind the music episode. Oh, man. Um,
0: <laughs> so good.
2: What's yours?
1: Hal, what do you think? I like the person, oh, of Scrooge? Yeah, I have a soft spot for Bill Murray as anybody my age who's been in comedy does. So Scrooge is, I I love that one. But if I had to pick a favorite, it would probably be Muppet Christmas Carol. It's surprisingly Also a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Caine is great. Like Michael Caine gets what the best actors who work with the Muppets get, which is to treat them as if they are actual living beings that you're doing a scene with. For (laughs) sure. Mm -hmm. And he never, never like winks to the camera once. And that's what he really like carries the film. In a, in
2: a really, really great way.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
2: I think they call that committing to the bit. There you go. He commits the bit.
0: Well, <laughs> he, look, he's Michael Caine for a reason. That's and right. And we do love him.
2: <laughs> what about you?
0: I'm partial to the, uh, the Reginald Owen 1932, Good one? I think. Yeah. Just because the cratchits in that one are perfect. Mm. yes oh, a lot of the lockhart's like the whole lockhart family played right. the cratchit family and he's by far the best bob cratchit i think yeah
2: gene lockhart plays a lot of doofuses in in school yeah. comedy so it's kind of fun to see That's him play so good yeah here. richard e grant plays cratchit in the the um i think the patrick stewart it's the one patrick one? stewart one yeah yeah oh, wow It's a weird choice, choice. but he's
0: really good and kind of dark and sad in it.
2: And David Warner is the Cratchit for George C. Scott, and he's always playing bastards in movies. So (laughs) he gets to be nice for once. Sark?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's jump back to uh, the tropes. But that is near top of my list is the This Is Your Life alternate life version. I also love the this one kind of can combine into one. The someone's not going to make it home snow has closed down the airports and freeways. <laughs> mm-hmm. That trope to me is great because it just is like a, Hey, here's some, uh, some winter themed steak razors. <laughs>
2: There, there was a a couple of years ago. The, the, the people make jokes about the the you know the Hallmark cinematic universe, but they don't really mm-hmm. tie the movies together. But one yeah. year, uh, Lifetime decided they were going to try and have one thing that threaded all of their movies together. And every time somebody had to deal with like snow coming in and closing the airports or somehow messing with the plot, <laughs> it was Winter Storm Megan. <laughs> and For an entire season, every every lifetime movie had Winter Storm Megan in it, and I was like, I love that! I love oh. that, that you guys are that these movies are all set in the same planet, you know. But yeah, <laughs> oh, are so good! It is such a handy Deus ex machina kind of plot convenience where, like, the airports are closed or the highways are backed up, and you know, and it and again, we talked about the the Christmas version of you get these plane strains, and automobiles thing of people mm-hmm. desperately trying to figure out ways to get. Home, you know, by hook or by crook.
1: Yeah. Oh, I
2: like that. Hal, what do you like? Well, speaking of heading
1: home, I love the person who's worried about introducing someone to their family. I think mm. the, that, uh, happiest season from last yes. year was a really, really great. I, I mean, first of all, Kristen Stewart ably doing comedy is nice Oh, very much see, like stepping outside of our comfort zone, but the entire film so well crafted in terms of uh, for me and how it transitions from the broader comedy to the actual issues in their relationship to what it means to never have come out to your family and have to deal with that. And of course the father is, is running for office. (laughs) So there's something that like this sense of like becoming who you are and embracing that, that is a lesson uh, almost every time of bringing someone home as you learn who your family really is versus who you expect them to be. And so that's always a really fun thing to explore. And you get a reverse of that, In the Vince Vaughn classic for Christmases where they're embarrassed to introduce anybody to their family because for various reasons that that they that they've chosen to actively avoid them every holiday season.
2: Yeah, you mentioned Noel going on your like annual watch list. I'm definitely like figuring out when am I going to watch Happiest Season again? Like uh, that one, I absolutely am am making part of my annual uh, uh, menu of of Christmas movies. That's a great one. I've not seen that one yet. Oh, I have such a
0: long list of this is what's tough is I have such a long list of holiday movies that I watch every year and there's some garbage in there. I really need to do like a weed out some (laughs) of the movies that that are not good that somehow made it onto the because I'm such a traditionalistic Christmas that I'm like. Well, I watched it once. Now I have to watch it every year.
2: (laughs) I I cycle some things in and out. I'll, you know, get kind of like, okay, this can this can go, you know, and then be another five years. Yeah, I
0: watched Christmas in Dollywood three years in a row with Danica McKellar.
2: Wow. Yeah, that one
0: can get cycled out, and maybe this one, uh, maybe some Kristen Stewart can get into the mix. Yeah, yeah,
2: maybe that could work. I mean, one of the reasons that I wrote my first Christmas movie book was. You know, I grew up in a household that had like four Christmas albums. And Mm -hmm. so to me, that was Christmas music, you know, Mm -hmm. those. And and so then to get older and suddenly discover like, you know, Christmas music as a genre is this enormous thing with tentacles in a million directions. And so I kind of realized, you know what, maybe the like six Christmas movies that I grew up with in my house aren't the only ones. And so that was, you know, it was a a way to kind of like expand the menu. And yeah, you're right that it does call for some hard choices because you can't squeeze them in. I have to. I've already started yeah look countdown to christmas on on hallmark channel started the weekend before halloween so i've really i've been committed for a while now oh my god i i hear you 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 start earlier with the music and the movies in the hopes of jamming it all in it's just impossible so you have to you have to start making some hard choices
0: i know Thanksgiving, we got to watch our dear friend, Autumn. Uh, we actually, uh, Hal and I are friends with a lot of the women that play the leads in these. Yeah, uh, oh, Autumn, yes. yeah. In these movies. And, uh, she's got the Thanksgiving one. That one, Ooh. she and Antonio Cupo, they did the, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade movie.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is, a uh,
0: it's a great, it's a Thanksgiving movie. So that, uh, that'll have to, that'll, that will kick things off. There you go. For the season for anyone that hasn't started <laughs> theirs yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely asked her in the past, like, when am I going to see you in flannel on a horse again? When does that happen? Now, are, <laughs> are you going up to, to Vancouver? But like, hey, it's a good, you know, that yeah. woman's got kids. It's a good living. Hey, it's a no, great living. She, she's she's great.
2: one of the she's one of the queens. No question. She's producing yeah. them now too. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Which is brilliant. I, I am like Nikki DeLoach and uh, oh god, uh, name just flat of my head. Uh, Candace Cameron Bray. No, no. no. <laughs> Ashley Williams, those are my mm-hmm. faves, probably. Oh, but but there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of yeah. talented folks there.
1: It's and a good this,
2: this year we get Bruce Campbell, so you know. Oh, we get Bruce Campbell for one this year? He he and Peter Gallagher play dads, who used to be a rock oh duo, God. and their respective children have to get them back together to perform their holiday hit. And of course the his son and his daughter fall in love.
0: Of course they do. Yeah. And they've and that's their version of planning a party. <laughs> Basically. Right? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Can you guys put together a reunion tour? Yeah. I know you have nothing to do with the show business, but yeah, uh, but your city folks, <laughs> I'm going
0: to throw out onto this uh and I can, because this one is weirdly specific, but also I can think of three off the top of my head where this is the case. Okay. And that is elf who doesn't fit in. Mm. specifically i'm thinking of santa claus the movie where dudley moore plays the elf who doesn't fit in true prep and landing where dave foley plays the elf who doesn't fit in
2: tv special but i'll tv
0: special sure yeah and uh of course elf where uh will ferrell doesn't fit in
2: well and rudolph the red-nosed reindeer obviously is the elf that doesn't fit in yeah that's the original i never thought of it yeah it makes sense yeah you know hermy the dentist really opened the door for all those other cats
0: yeah he really
2: and costume wise too Yes.
0: Like, the aesthetic of Elf is basically the aesthetic of that version of the North Pole. He is your OG, and you will respect him as such. I will respect Hermie. He is not just a
1: nitwit. (laughs) Would you tie that in? Also a TV special. (laughs) We'll allow it. Would you tie that in with the person who has to either be Santa or help Santa? So you get, like, the Christmas Chronicles and also the Santa Claus of, like, I, I, you know, Santa Claus. Oh, we don't know. have that one. It's not on the example. list, but that's a oh, great that's a, one.
2: That is a good one. Well, yeah. I have to help Santa or Christmas won't Sa- have it. Santa needs a hand. Yeah. Yeah. I the oh, Christmas Chronicles so surprised good.
1: me with how good it was. And then I watched the second one because I, Goldie Hawn was my first crush. I mm. saw Alonzo. I'm going to tell you something very personal and you may feel differently about me after I say it. Let's find <laughs> out. It's a safe I, space. I saw the movie Protocol in the theaters eight times because I had such a huge <laughs> crush on her at the age of eight. Did not get. A good 70 to 80% of the humor. All I knew was that there was a lot of Goldie Hawn on screen and that we could probably work it out. Written so, by Buck Henry. Yeah. Written <laughs> oh, by the great hey. Buck. I mean, it's uh, the <laughs> legend. <laughs> Again, like as an
2: adult is a much different viewing experience. I'm, uh, I'm a little older than you and a homosexual, of course, but yes. I I had a definite foul play phase. So I hear of you. Of course. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, uh, you can't, you oh, can't Goldie. go long. <laughs> with Goldie
1: Hawn, but I I also am a huge Kurt Russell fan uh, yeah. for the stuff he does on screen. So he he was a great Santa Claus, and yeah. the sequel felt a lot more familiar to me in that it felt even more family oriented. The first one felt a little rougher around the edges. It had that element of like someone has passed away, and the holidays are way different, and it's affecting right. all of us. It's like a much more of a dissection of how grief, like the idea of like nobody wants to do Christmas anymore. Because of it, not the that exactly sort of it, moment,
2: because it makes us think about dad, um yeah, I mean it's weird because the first movie had so many. Like tropes from old Chris Columbus movies. And then Chris Columbus comes in and directs the second one. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. doesn't. So, you know, it's like, it, it was a, it, it, that's been an interesting franchise, but yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I kind of dig those. Yeah. Whoever wrote two really knows their like Christmas history. Cause they're talking about like the giant, the Yule cat and like the, you know, Santa's origins in Turkey. Yeah. Like they, they clearly.
0: Oh, wow. They've got a Krampus and a Santa Lucia and yeah, all of the international
2: they, they, characters. They 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 did their Googling. They knew their stuff. (laughs) Well, he's the Belschnickle, isn't he? Uh, the Belsicle's the bad guy in that yeah, one. Yeah.
1: He's the, uh, Julian um, uh whatever
2: his name yeah, is. Yeah, the, the, the no the kid from uh Hunt for the Wilder People. Yes. And uh, Deadpool 2. Yes. Uh, w- uh, one that I like a lot is I'm a criminal but the spirit of the season is making me be good.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, which <laughs> pops up more than you would think. It, it's the premise of uh you have uh, you seen Trapped in Paradise? The Nicolas Cage John Yes, Lovitz. the tree and, yeah. it's,
1: and Dana Carvey. And Dana Carvey. third one, yeah. Yes. There is, there the is, brothers yes Burpo oh, brothers, brothers. <laughs> would oh you put the ref I, I know it's like not the probably the best movie to talk about anymore because <laughs> kevin spacey was in it but the <sighs> ref is sort of in that in that like dennis leary figures out It it is sort of a weird version of it.
2: A little bit. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the rep, I think the main thing with the rep is that it's doing the ransom of red chief, you know, where like this Mm -hmm. guy is holding these people hostage and they're making him insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is a, there is an element of like the, yes, I'm a ruthless jewel thief, but because it's Christmas and because we're stuck where we are, I'm going to be your marriage counselor now. Yeah, Yeah. I, I'm, I'm one of the things that I, I'm so furious about Kevin Spacey is taking the ref from me because, yeah, that was mm-hmm. an annual absolute go-to movie for me. Yes. Um, and in fact, I think one of the tropes on the list was something about like Christmas dinner is ruined. And I just always think of that like inedible uh, Scandinavian feast that Judy Davis makes and she makes everybody wear the Santa Lucia <laughs> <laughs> wreaths on their, uh, on their heads. That's a, you know, there's that movie is gold, but unfortunately it's got a lot of Kevin Spacey in the and middle of it. Then nobody has Christopher plumbered him out of it. Yes. And is it Glennis Johns who plays his mother?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I, I love that my. One of my favorite moments of that movie, and we don't have to talk about it anymore if this is, it, is, you know what I'm going to get you for Christmas? <laughs> A cross. And
2: whenever you're feeling underappreciated, you can climb up and nail yourself to it. <laughs> Christine Baransky's delivery of the line, slipper oh. socks medium is one for the ages. Yeah. Christine
0: Baransky's delivery of any line. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, quick shout out to Christine Baransky as Helena in the Shakespeare in the Park version of midsummer Night's Dream, best mm-hmm. version of the are you guys making fun of me monologue that i have ever heard It's oh. <laughs> christine bransky doing it and
2: yeah. to bring it back to christmas she is hysterically funny as the christmas has to be perfect mom in bad mom's christmas oh i've not oh. seen bad mom's christmas oh. it's pretty good yeah all right i like, the I, first like one I like so.
0: that's another trope that is not on this list Which is taking a movie that already exists or a franchise of movies that already exists and and doing the Christmas
2: edition. Yeah. Yeah, Friday after next. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You don't see it a lot, but, uh, that, but it, when yeah, it pops that is up, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to. Th- well, I mean, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation falls into that category. Yeah,
0: Another great yeah. dinner is ruined scene, too.
2: Yeah. We'd already spent two movies with the Griswolds, but now they yeah. know, they did their Christmas one. Yeah. It's
0: always the it's it's a very bl- it's the taking off of Brady, I oh, guess, and the, a very and Kumar, blank Christmas.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The, the the very a very oh, Harold and right. Kumar 3D Christmas. <laughs>
1: that's a hat on a hat, guys. <laughs> I bet mean, you have so many hats stacked on top of each other that at that true. point. That is sort of the hallmark of those movies, which I and love. they and they meet Santa. <laughs> oh my they God! Do. Yes, they get to encounter Santa.
0: <laughs> All right, we're. It looks like we're getting near the end. Are there any big, great ones that we love that we're missing? As far as uh, what we think the contenders are for, we'll talk about what we think the contenders are, but are there any that we have not mentioned that are really delightful to us?
2: Uh, soldiers coming home is, is, that's a pretty reliable staple. Yeah. Hallmark has really glommed onto it in recent years, but I think in general, it's, it's a movie thing, you know, and it often ties into the, Oh no, the airport snowed in mm-hmm. that literal, I'll be home for Christmas thing really yeah. knocks them dead. Yeah I,
1: yeah, I would also throw on the adult who's lost the Christmas spirit, like James Caan in Elf. Oh, um, yeah. And then again, Kevin Spacey did that in the Fred one Claus. With, yes, in Fred Claus, <laughs> which is another perfectly fine movie. Great Paul Giamatti as Santa. Paul Giamatti is one of like, the
2: best Santas, I have to say. A terrible movie, yeah. but I love his Santa. Yeah,
1: he's, uh you know, that idea of like a kid who was let down by Santa or... Mm. somehow stop believing who either has that restored generally have it restored at some point
0: That yeah if you broaden it out to just like I've lost the Christmas spirit or I have never had the Christmas spirit and I'm getting it back boy that's in most of these isn't it
2: and again that that goes back to Scrooge too I think you know the way that he like adores Christmas at at the very very end after you know kind of pooping on it the whole time like that that's very much a trope that ties all the way back and you know there's a a really hilariously terrible Italian English dubbed uh, kids Christmas movie in the sixties called the Christmas that almost wasn't that mm-hmm. they did on one of the recent episodes, one of the recent seasons of mystery science theater 3000. And yeah, the lead character is a guy named Phineas prune who hates Santa because he didn't get a toy that he wanted when he was a kid. So he tries to like foreclose on the North pole. And then they find the letter that he wrote. They got fell behind a filing cabinet and it's a whole thing. Yeah.
1: <sighs> There's a sort of offshoot of that as the person has just been hardened I mean, in Elf, you have James Combe, you also have Zoe Deschanel, who mm-hmm. starts off as like a woman trying to navigate New York City, yeah. and then, you know, and there's a lot of mistrust and general skepticism that comes with that, and then her heart being warmed mm. by a buddy more than Santa, but this idea of that, that pure good and holiday spirit can actually make your life better if you let it in.
2: Yeah, and yeah. It will make you sing in public. Yeah. That's For right. For all to
0: hear. For all to hear.
2: Oh,
1: I love it. All right. I'm going to
0: throw out a couple that we seemed to latch onto and enjoy as holiday movie tropes. And then feel free to add any additional ones. I think we can whittle this start to whittle this list down a little bit. And I'm going to throw out, I'll throw out a couple of them. Y'all throw out uh, as many as you would like as well. I'm going to say the you left and I didn't is a contender. <laughs> I'm going to say that Saving the shop slash lodge slash community center is a contender. I'm going to say the this is your alternate life is a contender. Mm. Those are the three that I'm going to throw out to start.
2: Yeah, I, those I think those would be the ones I would probably move to the top as well. Yeah. Maybe maybe throw in uh snow close the airport. Uh, winter storm Megan. Winter will make. Add winter storm
1: Astro. Megan. That's that will be the catch all. <laughs> I also want to add in the old guy named Chris or Nick might be Santa. That's the only <laughs> one I want to add just because. I just love the, just trying to dissect that <laughs> makes my brain cold and warm at the same time, which I appreciate.
0: How do you spell Megan? Is it an H? Does she have an oh, H well, that's, or no H? That's the thing. In Is some it of Megan? The movies,
2: in some of the movies, it was M E G A N and in some of them, it was M E G H A N. So I actually, that year, I changed my Twitter handle to Winterstorm Megan, but I had the H in a parenthesis so it could go either way. That's so
0: good. That's so good.
2: And I also like the lost. I've lost and
0: the lost and found Christmas spirit. That last one we talk about. Cause just it's, it's in so many of them.
2: It, yeah. The, it, it's the Scrooge Grinch syndrome.
0: Yeah. That's exactly. It. Uh, so it looks like we have six contenders that are finalists for the best holiday movie trope. And those six are old Nick, mm-hmm. winter storm Megan. The I've lost the Christmas spirit and I'm getting it back, which Alonzo has uh, deemed the Scrooge Grinch syndrome. The you left and I didn't. We are saving the community center from the evil developers. And this is your alternate life. A la it's a wonderful life and Christmas Carol. How do you want to approach this? Do you want to start eliminating them one by one?
2: As much as I love Save the Community Center, it just popped into my head that that is also the plot of Break into Electric Boogaloo, so yes, it, it doesn't is. have to be Christmas.
1: That is true. All right. I swear I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> well, that one, then we're down to five. <laughs> why didn't first... Shabadoo and Boogaloo Shrimp ever make a movie together <sighs> about Christmas? <sighs> uh, why?
2: Uh, don't make me pass out. Uh, that's too exciting I, to to even contemplate. I promise I will. A uh, very Breaking <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Breaking all the way, I mean come break on. It all the,
0: way. oh my God <laughs> all right, yeah, what are we eliminating is next?
1: breaking too where they're breakdancing like their yes. patients with casts doing head spins yes, there okay, is I just wanted to make sure I didn't <laughs> that was in a fever dream, I had when I was a child. I saw that in the theater with my father, he was of very like, he was like, let's go, <laughs> all right, still in contention,
0: alternate life, old Nick, Winterstorm Megan, Scrooge and Grinch, and you left, and I didn't
1: hmm. is is the alternate life the fact that we refer the shorthand for it as sliding doors. That's it, well, that is something that feels more, I mean, it is ultimately, it's a wonderful Christmas life. carol. It's, probably the it's a Christmas
0: carol is um, the ultimate it's original version. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It, it's, it's the pottersville, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's the road not taken. It's the, sure. you know, be grateful for what you've got. Cause it could have been this, mm-hmm. um, You know, I mean, weirdly, I think you could even make a case because it ties in so strongly to Christmas Carol and its wonderful life that this is your alternate life and adult who's lost the Christmas spirit could kind of like coexist. Yeah, they're well, we
0: even called It it. I mean, it's the Scrooge. Yeah, syndrome of it i yeah. mean
2: it, granted there are adults who lose their christmas spirit and then have it brought back to them like you said james connor that doesn't mm-hmm. involve the alternate life thing but i think i guess you okay i'll put it this way you can have Gr- scrooge grinch without alternate life you can't have alternate life without scrooge grinch
1: yeah okay can we whatever that means <laughs> can we call the combination how cratchit got his scrooge back <laughs> <laughs> would that be okay
0: this is a fun six-year run Hal, i'm leaving
1: all right, great! I won. I won the podcast. I did it. I told you all I wouldn't quit first. I told you episode
2: one. It drove him right out. Yeah. All right.
0: So well, now we're we're combining those, so we're down to four on a technicality, and we will call that one. Yeah, we will just call that one change of heart. Mm. All right, supernatural change of heart. Right. right.
1: <laughs> all
0: right. Oh, I'm sorry. What was it? How Cratchit got his. uh Say got it again. Scrooge back. All right. How how how, we'll call that back. one how Cratchit got his Scrooge back. There you go. I don't want to eliminate any of these, but we have to. That's the point of this show. We got to get <laughs> down to one. You know what? Let's go round robin style, so we don't have to all agree on each one that we're eliminating each time. Okay. Hal, how, how should we do this?
1: You eliminate, then I will eliminate, and then we'll have one. Okay.
0: Okay. I'm going to eliminate. Oh, as much as I love him, and he was the first one I thought of. I'm going to eliminate Old Nick.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I love Old Nick, but I'm going to eliminate Old Nick. I don't have to give you a reason why I'm eliminating old niggas other than I have to eliminate one. I love all of these babies and I don't want to kill any of them. Old Nick is a wonderful side dish, but you can't yep. build a movie on it. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for justifying my <laughs> –
2: <laughs> That <laughs> leaves
1: <laughs> us with you left for the big city and I didn't. How Cratchit got a Scrooge back and uh, Winter, Winter Storm, Storm Megan. <laughs> I think I have to eliminate Winter Storm Megan because mm. when I think of her, the movie that I think of right away is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which, mm-hmm. which a is Thanksgiving a Thanksgiving movie. movie.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, then it comes
1: down to you, Alonzo, Oof, and the okay. choice that you have to make is
0: basically looking at this. It is the some alternative life has rekindled the Christmas spirit in me versus mm-hmm. you left and I didn't, which does kind of boil this down to classic Christmas movie or Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah.
2: Uh, and to be fair, Hallmark has gone with the uh this is your alternate life. That's so fair. We're not shutting them out entirely. Sure. Be sure. In the same way that, Save the Community Center doesn't have to be Christmas, I have seen seasonal Hallmark movies that are not Christmas that do the you left and I didn't. Uh, Perfect Catch with Nikki Deloach and Andrew Walker, oh. where he's a pro baseball player and she owns a local diner. Uh He left and she didn't. Uh, so, again, I think that one, great trope, but doesn't have to be Christmas. So yeah. if we're really going to lock into a Christmas movie trope that has to be in a Christmas movie, it's going to be How Cratchit got a Scrooge back. There you go. That's it. Asked and answered. I think we
1: all knew where this was going, people in the world. (laughs) It was going to be. It's hard to escape. You can't step out of the shadow of Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. It's the most iconic Christmas story of them all. And this theme is something that has been repeated over and over and over again. To see what your life might have been like so that you can appreciate what you have. And oftentimes the best time to appreciate the things that you have rather than worrying about the things that you want, is during the holiday season. It's a time to spend time with family and friends and really take stock of the good things in your life. So I hope that you do that. Don't be a beginning of the story, Scrooge.
2: Be an end of the story, Scrooge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a reason that A Christmas Carol is the most adapted piece of literature in English-language movies. Wow. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no kidding. That's it. Asked and answered. The best Christmas trope wow we did it we did it it seemed impossible it did but we brought a look we had
0: a ringer with us today and alonzo you are literally the expert you not only did you write the book on this topic you wrote the book on this topic twice so thank you for coming on the show oh it was my pleasure where can people find you what do you want them to know what do you want them to see Tell them about your. You got a Max Fun podcast, for God's
2: sake! I do. I'm on the Max Fun show, Maximum Film, with Ify Wadaway and Drea Clark, and uh, every week we look at film from the perspective that is not straight white guys. No offense to straight white guys, we love you too. Not taken. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at a Duraldi, a D U um, R A L D E. As I tell people who come for the Christmas stay for the socialism, uh, but I will. <laughs> I, I link to all the stuff that I'm doing there, whether it's reviews for the rap, whether it's uh, the podcast. Uh, a linoleum knife any with my husband with maximum film breakfast all day uh i do i've been appearing a lot lately on deck the hallmark and those guys um i wrote the book with uh i'll be home for christmas movies it's out now from running press wherever books are sold if they don't have it make them get you one but uh it's a it's a fun read and it's a great gift for anybody in your life who loves hallmark movies or loves to dunk on hallmark movies amazing and get it from a
0: local guys get it from a local for sure and thank you so much for coming on the show tonight this was an absolute treat this topic is closed for all time but there are many more topics
1: to discuss so please reach out to us on twitter at we got this tweets or You can email us at WeGotThisPodcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group. Talk about the holiday tropes and holiday movies that you love. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. Hal, I'm glad you brought back the
0: forward slash because last time you just said slash and I was a little disappointed. Well, I think people got confused, so I brought it back. (laughs) Fair enough. Thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world for giving us a chance to sit down and talk about a thing that we clearly all enjoy so much. May we all get visited by three ghosts that show us the best parts of our lives. And at the end of the night, just tell us to keep doing what we're doing. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for how Lublin. I'm Mark Agliardi.
1: And for Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. Don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. this. We got this. MaximumFun.org.
0: comedy and culture.